Since when is the death of one the same as the deaths of three thousands? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat Risk Consulting in Russell, Canada, and you're listening to Quick Hits. A couple things have come across my uh, radar, my attention as of today. The first was the, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi in the United States, has announced they're going to launch a 9-11 type commission to look at the attack on January the 6th on the Capitol. That, of course, was the riot, insurrection, coup, terrorist attempt, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, in which one officer was killed, I believe. Although I just heard that maybe he wasn't killed by the attackers. That maybe remains to be seen. Of course, a lot of damage was done. It was surely an affront to American democracy. It was an insult to the institution of the House of Representatives and the Senate. And Nancy Pelosi wants to launch a 9-11 commission into the truth. What happened? Uh, why it happened? Why it wasn't stopped? What was known? What wasn't known? If intelligence information was known, why it was not acted upon? Why was there not more protection there? Et cetera, et cetera. And I, when I read that this morning, I, I stopped. And um, I, I asked myself, I said, okay, um, if you remember the 9-11 Commission, that was this huge body that looked at the attacks of September the 11th, 2001, to see how was it that 19 terrorists took control of four aircraft and flew two of them into the World Trade Center in New York, the third one into the Pentagon, and the fourth one probably aimed for the White House, but was stopped when the passengers took over and the plane crashed into a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. How could this be allowed to happen? Where the hell was U.S. intelligence? Where the hell was U.S. law enforcement? How do you not keep track of 19 people? And it came out with all the all kinds of recommendations, et cetera, et cetera. That made sense to me at the time. Almost 3,000 people were killed in 9-11. And you had to account for why. A commission of inquiry or whatever you want to call it had to be carried out to get answers to the questions that Americans wanted. Wanted to know the answers too. Why did this happen? Who dropped the ball? What do we have to do to, to prevent it happening again? Do we need a wholesale change in our security, intelligence, and law enforcement agencies? Something clearly is broken when the FBI and the CIA and all these other organizations can't stop four planes from being hijacked on, within minutes of each other. Clearly, something is wrong. So this commission made sense. 3,000 people died, and it was probably trillions of dollars in damage to the economy, to those buildings, etc., etc. We have the attack on January the 6th. One person died. One protester was killed, apparently a QAnon supporter. I believe three others died, but I believe they died from medical conditions, not actually were killed in the violence that ensued that day. And the American Speaker of the House of Representatives is calling for a 9-11 commission to look into it? What parallel universe have we entered when 9-11 is being seen as on the same level as the attack on the U.S. Senate on January the 6th. Who sees these as equivalent? Who sees these as two events so similar in nature that they need the exact same response? A commission to look into the various aspects of it. Am I, am I making too much out of this? I don't think I am. And I think this is part and parcel of a movement you're seeing now to pretend 
to maintain that the general concept of right-wing extremism is such a dire threat to our societies, Western societies, of course, because there's no such thing as right-wing extremism in Afghanistan or Somalia or Nigeria or Pakistan, I can tell you. But it's so important that we have to dedicate all these resources, including a 9-11 commission, to look into this particular incident. This is not a good trend, folks, when people start talking in hyperbolic terms about January the 6th and in exaggerated terms as to what the threat from right-wing extremism is in our, in our societies. And it reminds me very, very much of the language that we started to use in the, in the aftermath of 9-11. We talked about a war on terrorism. We talked about terrorism being an existential threat to our, our existence. First of all, the war on terrorism, bad idea. As I pointed out, you can see over my shoulder, my fourth book, An End to the War on Terrorism. Wars against common nouns rarely end well. Secondly, terrorism was never an existential threat to us. It was a serious threat, but the terrorists weren't on the cusp of undoing everything we stood for and everything we had built and the societies we had created. We did that ourselves by overreacting to 9-11, by launching a war in Afghanistan, which I still support to some extent, by launching a war in Iraq, which I never supported and don't support right now, by seeing this as a military-focused endeavor. Bad idea back then. It's a bad idea now. I'm hearing some people call for a war on right-wing extremism, as if we haven't learned our lesson. The second thing that came across my radar this morning, and I have to thank uh, a friend of mine, a colleague named Atle Monsieur, who's uh, he's in uh, Norway. He's a, he's a, call, or a contact of mine on Twitter, says that there are some people now saying, and I think I've said to you this before, that right-wing extremism is as bad as, if not worse, than ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Let's, let's step back a second here, shall we? How many people has ISIS killed in the past seven, eight years since its creation? Tens of thousands? Hundreds of thousands? I don't know. I, I don't have a, a, a running counter. They did kill thousands in northern Iraq. The Yazidis killed the men and boys, took the women and raped them, took the little girls and raped them. They're still killing dozens of people a week in Iraq and Syria right now. They decapitated people. They burned people alive. They drowned people in cages. They threw people off buildings. They shot people in the back of the head. They've massacred thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people around the world. There are affiliates in Egypt and the Sinai that have killed hundreds. There are affiliates in the West in Nigeria, Islamic State West African province that have killed thousands. There are affiliates in Afghanistan, Islamic State in Khorasan. There are affiliates in Mozambique that have killed hundreds. The list goes on and on and on and on. And when it comes to Al-Qaeda, yeah, those are the guys that killed 3,000 on 9-11 and have killed tens of thousands, if not more, since that day. Al-Qaeda has its own affiliates. Al-Qaeda Arabian Peninsula, Al-Qaeda in Yemen, Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb, etc., etc., etc. So ISIS and Al-Qaeda, between them, have killed hundreds of thousands of people in the most horrid ways possible by cutting their heads off. And somehow right-wing extremism is a parallel, if not worse than that. Now, I, I may be an overtired guy, and maybe I don't notice a whole bunch of things, but can someone point to me the last time a right-wing extremist beheaded somebody, or threw someone off a building, or shot 80 people in the back of the head, or drowned people in cages, or flew airplanes into buildings? Because I'm not seeing that right now. And yeah, never say never, anything can happen. But this, again, is one more sign that people 
who don't know much about terrorism, let alone the far right, are now drawing these distinctions and, and making these descriptors that claim that the right-wing threat is worse than the ISIS threat, despite the fact that every single piece of data I've seen over the past couple of years supports my position that 99.99% of all terrorist attacks in the world are carried out by Islamist extremists and 98% of the victims are Muslims. Muslims killing Muslims, or rather pretend Muslims killing Muslims, because that's what terrorists are. They think they're Muslims, they're acting in very un-Islamic ways, but their victims are largely Muslim. Can we please step back from this useless, inaccurate language? Let's all just, just take a deep breath. Let's grab a scotch or a beer or whatever it is, your drink of choice. Take a deep breath and let's look at things dispassionately. Let's look at things objectively and not give in to hyperbole because it was hyperbole over 9-11 that got us into the mess we're in right now. And we'd be, we'd be a pretty stupid species if we allowed similar hyperbole to get us into an even bigger mess by looking at right-wing extremism as an existential threat to the planet. It's a serious threat. We must look at it. And that includes law enforcement and intelligence agencies. Absolutely need to devote resources to it. But can we please step back from this, I don't know, Armageddon-like language that the world's coming to an end because of right-wing extremism. It's not. The jihadis haven't caused the end of the world. Neither will the white nationalists, white supremacists, neo-Nazis. Unless I'm very, very wrong. And if I am, I will humbly submit an apology to you. I don't think I'm wrong. Anyhow, that's what I think. Leave you with the Hardy Boys word of wisdom for the day. This comes from the Footprints Under the Window. Pretty sure I've cited that novel before. Here's a good one. You can't arrest a man for being a spy without tangible proof. Well, there you go. Hardy Boys, give us wisdom on what to do when you catch a spy. You got to prove he's a spy. Whatever. I also want to recognize today the Clarenville Caribous from the Newfoundland Hockey League. I think there's three teams in the league and I've got two of their jerseys. Anyhow, what do you think? Is this language helpful? This this panicky language about the far right saying they're worse than ISIS and worse than Al-Qaeda? Am I missing something? Drop me a line. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You'll also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like the content and want to get more, go to the website, borealisthreatenrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button, get a free daily digest to your inbox, all the blogs, podcasts, etc., etc. You'll also find a button there to, to buy my new book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada, from Confederation to the Present. Love to hear from you. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.